So this morning, um, <clears throat> we're going to be taking a slight, slight detour from, from the book of Revelation. Um, so turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 verse 1. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. 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 Well, what a great passage. What a great scene on Palm Sunday. And for those who are not aware, today is Palm Sunday. Um, but what an amazing scene. Uh, Jesus coming in to Jerusalem surrounded by by the multitude thank you Pete surrounded by the multitude um, declaring his kingship waving the, the branches and putting out their clothes uh, before him and this was a culmination in many ways of the expectation of Israel. Now obviously many in Israel did not recognize Jesus as a king at all. Um, but when we, hear, when we read about the multitude here, it's primarily talking about Jesus' followers. So Jesus, aside from his disciples, he had accumulated more and more followers as he had taught um, throughout, throughout Israel. And here they were um, proclaiming him as he comes into Jerusalem. And as I said, this was a culmination of many years 
of expectation for Israel. Israel at the time was, um, you know, under the rule of, of the Roman Empire, as we, as we all know, and they were waiting. They were waiting for their deliverer to come, their Messiah to come and rescue them, to deliver them and uh, to rule with them and to give them um, their kingdom back. And we see no, no stone left unturned here in that Jesus um, tells the two disciples to go on ahead of him and that there's going to be a, a, colt, a colt there, uh, a donkey and a colt with her, with her so the female donkey uh, and, and the colt with her and to untie them. And the reference we have here is from Zechariah uh, chapter 9, verse 9. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of the donkey. And in another passage in, um, I think it's in John, which also um, deals with this event, it says that the disciples didn't really understand what was going on. They didn't understand the significance of the donkey, the significance of the cult, the significance of the event. Maybe they didn't know their Bible well enough, I don't know. Um, but it's always, it's, it's a good point to make that we need to study our Bible. Not just our New Testament, but also our Old Testament. But in many ways, it was <clears throat> a bit of an obscure uh, passage. Zephaniah. Uh, cha chapter 9 verse 9 um, because it talks about a donkey and then it talks about a colt the foal of a donkey and how how can the prophecy fulfill him riding on a donkey and a colt okay <laughs> so it, it gets a bit complicated but but obviously one was used it seems to be used for his uh, his, his baggage or whatever um, but there we have it, the donkey and the colt, the foal of the donkey. Here's the king that they, Israel had been waiting for. They had been waiting for a king to come and rescue them. And here he is coming, not in a chariot, but in a colt, a donkey and a colt, the foal of a donkey. And in verse 4 it says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. So this wasn't a random event. This wasn't just a, you know, incidental piece of the narrative. Oh, and then he got on the, the cult or he took, he, took, he took the train or whatever. This was significant because it was prophesied specifically in, Ze in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And ironically, it was this prophecy of a colt and a donkey which was signifying that it was the king. So this was the king who, this was the type of king who was coming. And the people were waving their, the, the, the branches, the, the, the palm branches. And it's, again, it's just an amazing scene, isn't it? Just people waving palm branches. 
And apparently the, the significance of the branches was of victory and of peace. Victory and peace. And obviously it, it's, a, it's a very poignant moment for Jesus, if nobody else. For only Jesus really knows what, what lays ahead of him in, in the following week. Only Jesus knows that he's going to get the crown of thorns. And that when they nailed um, King of the Jews above him, it's going to be, he's going to be on a cross, uh, taking, taking the sins of the world upon him. But he was bringing peace. And he was bringing victory. And the victory was over death and sin. Peace with God. His death and resurrection. That the peace with God and his resurrection. That the victory, victory over death. So it was, in one sense, um, a real victory that was going to happen. But it wasn't the full victory. But it was certainly a victory over death. And then they went on to say, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna was a praise, um, you know, a, a term of praise. But it, it, in actual terms, it actually meant save us. Because they wanted the son of David to save them. They wanted the son of David to save them, obviously from the Roman oppression. But it was Jesus was saving them not from Roman oppression, but from themselves. And Jesus says in, in Luke, just after, after he enters, he looks on Jerusalem, if only you knew Jerusalem, if only you knew what would bring you to salvation. It's not, um, it's not swords, it's submission to Jesus as Lord, their Messiah, as Lord and Savior. Hosanna to the Son, of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And it was a, it was a time of worship. It was a time of worship, of declaration of who Jesus is, and 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 his lineage, the son of David. So in Second Samuel, chapter seven. David had, had, had sought to, to build a temple for, for God, a place for him to dwell in, in Israel. But God said to Nathan the prophet, he said, go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel up from Egypt, and even to this day would have moved about in a tent and a tabernacle. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, God speaking, he says, When your days are fulfilled and your rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. 
He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. So they were waiting for the son of David to come and establish his throne and his kingdom forever. So when they proclaimed him as son of David, it had the messianic overtones, if you like, or undertones of it, that, that this was the Messiah who was going to save them. So as I said, it was a very poignant moment for, for Jesus, knowing that even though they were um, crowning him in, in, a, in a sort of symbolic sense now, or heralding his entrance um, to his kingdom, that he was ultimately are going to die on the cross. It's interesting that Solomon, who was the son of David, he had a reign of peace. And he, his coronation, a bit like Jesus, in his coronation, um, he, in, in 1 Kings chapter 1, he went on a mule, almost as a, as a forerunner for, for what would happen. Uh, with Jesus coming in on, on the donkey. So Solomon, if you, if you like, was a, a foretaste of Jesus, that Jesus would be a king of peace. He wanted to bring peace. But if we look at Zephaniah, or sorry, Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 9, we see that the quote in the, in the Gospels only quotes the first part of um, what is going to happen. So Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly, riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. In verse 10, and he says, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem, the battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from the sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is speaking peace to the nations now. He's speaking peace because of what he has done. He's speaking peace to the nations. But you could argue that his full dominion over this earth has not fully come to pass yet. We know the ruler of this age um, still has sway on the earth. But one day, Jesus will take uh, full dominion over the earth. And he will rule and reign over the earth exclusively. Genesis chapter 49 also is a messianic um, passage. And it's when Jacob 
just Jacob on his deathbed, he is blessing the 12 tribes of Israel. And he's blessing Judah. And he said, Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before, the, before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you've gone up. He bows down, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who shall rise him? That's where we get the expression, the lion of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. So the kingship, the king, the royal line will come from, from Judah, nor a lawgiver between his feet, from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And one understanding of that Shiloh is the Messiah. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Binding his donkey to the vine and his donkey's coat to the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. So not only was the son of David going to be, the, the Messiah going to be come from the, from the son of David, it was going to come from the line of Judah because David was that L-I-N-E of Judah, because David was of the line of Judah. But also it was going to be the L-I-O-N, the Lion of Judah, was going to be the Messiah. And we see here again the, um, the donkey symbolism. Binding his donkey to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. So I don't think it's a coincidence that we have this reference to the donkey and the colt again. But the, primar the primary um, understanding of that reference is that there would, in Judah there would be so much wine, so many vineyards, so prosperous with vineyards and wine that you could tie your donkey to, to the vine and you wouldn't have to worry about the donkey eating the grapes because um, you know, you wouldn't normally try, tie a donkey to a vine because he'd eat all the grapes. But so abundant would be uh, the vineyard, the, the, the grapes in the vineyard and the wine that there would be no concern about tying a donkey to the vine. But it speaks also of the blessing of the Holy Spirit, the blessing of the Holy Spirit for those who call Jesus their Messiah. That Jesus wants to pour out the blessing, the new wine upon all of us. Amen. Amen. And he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head 
were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads, out, treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his tie a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So Jesus came humbly on a donkey to fulfill the messianic prophecy of Zephaniah to signify his kingship and he was to bring peace to the earth Jesus wanted to bring peace to the earth bring peace to people's lives but the day is coming when he will come on a white horse when Jesus will come on a white horse and he will judge the earth Jesus will judge the earth he did not bring come to bring condemnation but forgiveness but there's a day when Jesus will come as a Lord to judge the earth on his white horse And for those who know the Lord, it will be a great day. For those who don't, it will be a terrible, terrible day. Jesus is reigning now as King in heaven. He rides for us, he rides for truth, humility, and justice the verse that Audrey got there do not fear little flock it is the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom Jesus wants to give us the kingdom he wants to give us the kingdom if we are humble like Jesus was humble ourselves he will lift us up he will give grace to the humble the day is coming as i said when jesus will will ride on the white horse with judgment so what should we do tell people let's tell people let's proclaim that Jesus is the King. Let's proclaim that Jesus is the King. Next week we're we're going to um, we're going to do an outreach. We haven't done one for a while, and um, you know I, I think people can be we can get anxious about the, doing an outreach. You know it's it can often be. 
uh, new for people. People are worried about the words, what to say, etc. Um, as we see in the story of, of the Palm Sunday, Jesus had prepared everything. God had prepared everything in advance. He just wanted them to obey. I don't know if there will be any cults <laughs> around. Maybe some Mitsubishi cults. No one, <laughs> no one Blanche. But um, God has a plan, just like he had a plan, specific plan for Jesus. He has a plan for the salvation of the world. And we're a part of that plan. And he wants us to proclaim his kingship, his authority. And uh, so next Sunday, we are going to go out and we're going to tell people that we're meeting here. But more importantly, we're going to tell people about Easter and that Jesus is risen. He's a risen king. I was so blessed uh, by the worship this morning. And I wanted to finish... Um, on a psalm that uh, we, we sang this morning. There's, there's kind of uh, uh, three psalms to, that are kind of related. Psalm 22, Psalm 23, Psalm 24. They're messianic psalms of David. Psalm 22 talks about the suffering of Jesus. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 23, we all know about the Lord being our shepherd. But I wanted just to finish with Psalm 24. Psalm 24, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O your gates. Lift up, up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And the Lord, Jesus, is going to come back in his full glory. He's going to come back to Jerusalem in his full glory. But we want to proclaim his glory here in Mohodert, here in Dublin. So next week we're going to do that. And I was thinking one thing we could do is, is uh, pray and worship over the city. Pray and worship over Mohodert. There's a, there's a park uh, up the road and there's a great view of the city and, and of Mulhuddert. We can pray and worship and tell the gates to lift up their heads and let the King of glory come in. Lift up your heads or your gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O your gates. Lift up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. The Lord is with us. The Lord is our King. The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. The Lord of hosts. Amen.
Amen. Amen. So this week, just as we, as we kind of go through Easter week, let's prepare our hearts, but also let's really pray. Let's really pray that the Lord is lifted up this week as King. And so when we go out on Sunday, we go out not in our, in our own confidence, uh, but in the confidence that the Lord is with us and he has prepared the way in advance. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, uh, for um, your humility, for the, sorry, for the humility of your son, the Lord Jesus, knowing that he was ultimately going um, to his death. But on the third day, he rose again. Lord, we pray that you will give us your boldness uh, this week, Lord. Lord, you'll give us a fire in our hearts this week to pray, to weep, as it were, over Jerusalem, over our city. Praise your name. You have defeated sin and death. You have the keys to death and Hades. And we want to proclaim your kingship and see your glory come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.